Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on! Get in! It's noon here in Ventnor, New Jersey for Thursday, February 16th, and in Bethesda, Maryland. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge with your hosts, Zach and Ray. And I believe, Mr. Zach, we have some special guests today. Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let them in? Oh, my God. Look at this. We do have guests. <laughs> Pops, we are joined today by Roman and Tommy. Micah, Roman, introduce yourself, Tommy, afterwards. So glad to have you guys here. I'm uh, Roman Micah, and I'm the uh, publisher of TFL Studios, and uh, the smarter person is next to me. That's my son, Tommy. <laughs> I, I think you guys understand that dynamic. Yeah, that's right. I'm Tommy Micah, and my principal role here is being Roman Micah's son. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. It is not a bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Like people ask you, what do you do for a living? And you're like, ah, I do stuff with my dad, but he's the real. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. It's great. I, I absolutely love it. I'm, I think we're both very blessed to be able to kind of work with our fathers and, um, you know, all the challenges that that entails. But it's it's always an adventure one way or another. <laughs> it absolutely is. OK, so we already see folks in the chat getting super excited that you guys are here. So if you're not familiar with TFL, please go in the YouTube search bar and just type in TFL. And I actually I should admit, guys, I put it at the top of the description, but I didn't link to one of your channels. I just did like the search TFL because you got multiple channels, all sorts of good information, as well as the TFL website. Guys, before we dive in today on the show, Pops, we are going to ask Roman and Micah about how they uh, Roman and Micah, Roman and Tommy about how they <laughs> got started with TFL, as well as the fact that they recently I don't think they were they were taking our advice that recently purchased a, a, a Ford Raptor that we got to talk to them about. We got to ask some questions, some hard hitting questions there. And before we do. I want to start with the news because this is a news broadcast, a news show. So let's kick it off here, guys. I shared this article with you in advance. I need some help. And I've got three very smart people on the call with me today. I don't know if auto ABS issuance up 60% means a lot to everyone on this call, but it should. What we are seeing is banks are selling off their auto loans at a higher rate than they ever have before. And at the same time, Used car prices are supposedly going back up. The average APR on a used car loan is more than 13%. Is this not, and I'll toss it to you, Roman, Roman, is this not the big short, that movie, all over again, but for cars? Like, they're selling the, the loans, the values are gone. Like, am I, am I just, did I watch that movie too recently? Yeah, no, it's, it's we're living in a, a, a you know, oh God, I'm gonna, now I'm going to feel really old, but... You know, I've, I've lived through a lot of economic cycles, and this is the weirdest one I've ever seen, right? Somebody recently said that you can't have a recession when you've got full unemployment. And, and I suspect that's true, but yet we have kind of runaway inflation and yet full employment. And that is something that I have never experienced in my life before. Usually you have one or the other, right? So you're either in an economic growth curve or you're in a down that growth curve. Uh, and now we're kind of in this weird in between mix. And I think that's really kind of sending mixed signals. And I think this is part of that kind of sending mixed signals. We, we, we started to see used car prices coming down because new price, new car prices came down. And yet the recent numbers are that inflation continues to go up. So maybe that's a reflection of that. 
guys, you know, it's beyond my pay grade. I'm, I, I'm completely confused nowadays. <laughs> All right, let's get the other elder statesman in the room. Pops, what do you think? And that was a comment that my dad, Roman, not at you. That was to my dad. Not, not <laughs> yet, but Pops, what, you do, you, what the, do you make of this? <laughs> you, you said the other elder states i also said um, our girlfriend the other day on the show dad I, you cannot trust the words that come out of my mouth uh well uh, like, thankfully most people don't uh no just kidding um i i agree with roman this this is the the most unusual times that i have lived in i'm 70 almost 72 years old and i have lived through the 80s when interest rates were sky high for everything, uh, lived through the tech bubble in, in the late 90s, lived through the Great Recession. Uh, but this is, th none of this seems to make any sense to me, um, where pricing just keeps continuing going up, interest rates continue to go up. Um, everybody's complaining that inflation keeps going up. Um, and yet everybody's out there paying way too much for every car they buy. And, you know, somewhere along the line, you would hope that, that one day, maybe it'll be Friday morning, but it certainly hasn't been Thursday morning. <laughs> maybe on Friday morning, everybody will wake up and going, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> and just stop doing it already. That, that's my take. What about you, Tommy? What do you think? You know, that's a great question. Um, it's it's a very challenging time to be in this industry right now or to be looking for a new car or to be looking for a used car and even selling a new and used car. I mean, it's it's like, where do you where do you put the number? And it's interesting. Um, I recently within the last year, I started going to dealer only auctions, which has been quite quite an interesting peek behind the curtain. And uh, me and my dealer buddy have been going and tracking what's been going on behind the scenes is even more nuts than what we're seeing as consumers, because we're seeing prices in some cases, three, four, five grand above retail. And in some cases, we're seeing prices five, six, seven grand below even bottom trade-in. It's like even from the used car dealer standpoint, nobody knows where to price the vehicles. Nobody knows what comps to use. It is insanity out there. <laughs> Which is why when I look out and I see an article like this, and this is in like the depths of industry news, this is auto finance news, like I, I, their readership is not huge. I, I can't imagine a lot of people are on top of asset backed securitization of auto loans. Like this is not sexy stuff. <laughs> but when I go and I look at that, because Tommy, like everything you just said, I actually think there's a lot of people on the internet that are doing a good job trying to expose some of that information. We're obviously trying to do it and there, and there are others. But then you look and you see that these banks that are holding the debt Year over year, they're liquidating that more quickly than ever before. And, and there was actually, not to get too into the weeds, but but I don't know if you guys have Truist banks in your area. Truist just sold off over half a billion dollars worth of, of ABS, asset-backed securities, their loans. And over 25% of it was uh, delinquent. When they went to go liquidate that, and so they're getting, you know, they're 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 exchanging the fact that these loans are supposed to come to maturity and that that the new share, the new uh, uh, holder of that loan will get paid. A quarter of it was a quarter of it, excuse me, was already delinquent. I just look at that. And as as an advocate for the consumer, I literally can't help but think this is the big short when they're in that scene in that movie and they they say, hey, we got to sell all of these mortgage backed securities. Like that's kind of what it feels like to me. It's speculation. And, and you got to take that with a grain of salt. But you don't have to look too terribly far to see some of this bubbling up. At least that's my, you know, my perspective on it. Hmm. 
Agreed. Well, you've you've always been Bubble Boy, and uh, <laughs> and so th this this is just another one of those of your bubbles that potentially could burst. And sooner or later, damn it, you're going to be right. <laughs> We've got a lot of love in the chat for the TFL channel. Again, thank you guys for being here with us. Lots of love for all the different channels. And if I'm not mistaken, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Someone was asking for more Andre. So I'm a man of the people. All, all I know is people are asking <laughs> for more Andre. So we got to give it to him. Hey, Question he, for you, Roman. He's working on a truck right now. So I don't want to disturb him. <laughs> Question for you, Roman and Tommy. Do you know what Ford's average transaction price was for the F-150 last quarter? They recently announced this in their quarterly earnings, and this is obviously going to tie into the fact, and I don't know if you know this, Pops. I don't know if you watched all the TFL videos. There are many. Roman and Tommy recently bought a car. So do you know what the average transaction price was? Any, any, uh, any guesses? So the average transaction price for a new car in America is now almost 50K. It's, it's kept creeping up. In the last two years, it's gone up by almost $10,000. It used to be like in the high 30s. Now it's in the 50s. An average price for an average F series. I'm going to say, yep. I'm going to say it's actually higher than that. I'm going to, I'm going to play that like, uh, you know, price is right game. And I don't know yeah, how okay. much, but I'm going to, I'm going to, we could do that. We can play. If I'm yeah. you know, over, you lose Tommy. So you take a guess. <laughs> I'll take a guess. And I'll, so I'll be conservative. I'll go like 55. What do you think, Tommy? And we're we're talking about all F series, right? Um, all F series, yes. all F series, yeah. I'm gonna say sixty-two thousand. Sixty-two thousand. So we had sixty-two pops. Do you do you remember? Or do you want to put a guess out there? Oh, I you know, unfortunately, I remember, and I know that both guesses are under. Wow. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, take oh, a look at the screen. The average transaction price for an F-150 was up 10% in Q4 for Ford, $65,858. Youth prevails once more. A great theme on this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we have America's favorite truck. Selling at an average of $66,000. Are you surprised, Roman? First of all, those are fighting words. America's favorite <laughs> truck. All the Chevy and Ram and Nissan and Toyota guys and gals out there are now very angry with you. Uh, I am not surprised. We had a thing, kind of an office pool going when we were trying to figure out when the average truck is going to, not the average truck, but when truck prices are going to reach over 100000 And of course, I think the first time we saw that was with the Hummer EV, but that was kind of an outlier. But now, mm -hmm. if you look at like platinum levels of the heavy duty, uh, super duty trucks on Ford, they're easily reaching hundred thousand dollars. And to me, that is mind blowing. And I think that's part of a larger trend that we're seeing uh, in America. And that is, once upon a time, you know, the sedan used to be the family truckster, and then there was this kind of trend where the SUV and crossover—that's what we're living at. But right now, the average truckster in america is a truck i mean that's where we're really going right people love the utility of it they love the kind of the 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 all-wheel drive outdoor aspect the active lifestyle and so more and more people are kind of following texas and that is they're just buying trucks not to haul or tow just to have you know take their family to work to church to school that's where i think that's an expression of that trend and when you're part of that and when that becomes your main car then you want the heated seats and you want the heated steering wheel you know, and then that gets expensive. 
The other thing I'd say about that is um, we recently just received an F-150 in for testing from Ford. Um, and one of the things that really resonates on our channel are the more affordable trucks. So we're always asking the manufacturers to send us the work trucks, um, the, the, the trucks that sell in the highest volume. And then what they always end up selling or sending us is the, um, the lariats and the, the limiteds yep. and the, the King ranches, because that's the one that they think they want to impress us journalists with, right? With all the fancy buttons and features. Well, we finally got one in, we finally got an XLT F-150 in. I remember being stoked. I'm like, great. You know, XL historically has always been the base model Ford truck. It's for the contractors. Mm -hmm. XLT is kind of the every person's truck, right? It's, it's the truck that, that can be used to uh, bring the kids to school and, and can be used to um, go camping with. And I was like, great, XLT is going to be, you know, I was expecting low 50s, right? This truck showed up with an MSRP of over $68,000. And that is with cloth seats. <laughs> You know, I granted it's a nice truck. It's got the EcoBoost engine. It's got two tone wow. paint on this one, but over 68 grand for an XLT, right? And we'll talk about this maybe later in the show, Zach. But in 2013, we bought a nearly fully loaded F-150 Raptor and it had the 801A mm -hmm. package. It was bright blue. It was a really hot truck back in the day. And that had a sticker of 55. Well, we just bought the modern equivalent of that truck for over $100,000 in 2023. Tell me that's not crazy. Tell me, tell me the fact that 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 a mid-priced truck, a mid-priced XLT, is over sixty-eight thousand dollars, and then tell me that there's not something wrong with people. I, I mean, I just how is sixty-eight thousand dollars affordable? That's the part I don't understand. Um, it's not, but I, I think there's there's a confluence of kind of trends that's happening. So one of them is, of course, the trucks. The truck is becoming the family truckster. Another one, I think, in society is that we're living in a time of social media where people, to use the youngsters' word, like to flex, yeah. right, <laughs> to show off. <laughs> if I'm using my term, uh, and that's because you've got Instagram and you've got people, you know, hey, look at me, right? And so you can't flex with a work truck. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it, Roman. It, it is very ineffective. Good point. <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, and then, of course, you've got this advent of just crazy long loans, right? I mean, I think when right when me and you were young, a five-year loan seemed, you know, a car loan seemed mind-bogglingly long, right? Most loans were three years. Now you're seeing eight-year loans. You're seeing 10-year loans. I mean, th these are, you know, th this is like mortgaging your house at this point. It's getting very, um, very scary in some ways. The, the difference is, though, typically... When you mortgage your house, you're mortgaging what will eventually become an appreciating asset. Mm. And when you finance a vehicle for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, it is nothing other than an expense. It is not appreciating. You, you are just extending the term on a depreciating piece of equipment. And when you combine and and i get you know how everybody needs to flex and you know we're all trying to keep up with the joneses but forget keeping up with the joneses how do you keep up with the payment um <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that to me is the hard part um, become an influencer <laughs> well yeah. you know and i'm trying but but <laughs> but the 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 lead in this company doesn't pay all that well okay <laughs> You know, and 
He reminds me I'm lucky to be on Social Security and I shouldn't depend on what he wants to pay me. Uh <laughs> Go for it, Tommy. Uh, no, the other thing I'd like to kind of point out, which is interesting, specifically with Ford and specifically with their electric truck, the F-150 Lightning, is if you remember when they launched that electric truck, uh, when it broke headlines a couple of years ago, the big price was $39,000. You could get a pro F-150 Lightning, the work truck with all-wheel drive and the standard battery for $39,000. Well, fast forward to today and Ford has not publicly, well, they have publicly said it, but they haven't necessarily promoted it. That same truck today is going to cost you fifty-five dollars The mm -hmm. base price is an F-150 Lightning, $55,000 for the same truck. So we've seen that a couple of times with Ford, right? Also with the Maverick, right? That truck launched for under 20. It was like 19 and a bit. And now that truck is 22 in a bit. And we're seeing a lot of increases on the brand from um, a base model standpoint. So we're seeing the XLTs and the Lariats getting more expensive, but also on the base models where they launch a new truck with this big flashy price. And then when you actually go and it's attainable, once it's in dealers a couple of years later, that base price has gone up significantly. Tommy, let me we, ask you a question yeah. if I can. Yeah. Um, what do you think really changed in that base lightning? for $16,000 more. Well, I think what changed is, to be honest, I mean, what was Ford making on that truck for, for $39,000? We're talking about a battery that's near 100 kilowatt hours, even in the base truck, right? 39 grand. I think that what changed was the marketing on that truck, right? They used that truck to get people excited about the vehicle, but then when it came to sell those in volume, they couldn't make it happen. And you're gonna see the same thing with the Cybertruck, right? When the Cybertruck was unveiled, it had mm -hmm. a base price of $39,000. I think realistically, when it actually hits the market, it's going to be double that. Realistically, they're probably going to double the price of the Cybertruck, which is going to be interesting to all those reservation holders if they actually are ready to pay twice what they originally signed up for. It's it's pretty amazing what goes on out there and and what manufacturers are able to get away with. We've been documenting it here on the Reigns Act channel and over on our main Car Edge channel and on, on our blog. I mean, anywhere we can shout from the rooftops, major MSRP increases. So I actually popped it in the chat and I'll, I'll share it on the screen briefly so that we can all see. We put an article up, 10 cars with big MSRP increases in 2023. And if I'm not mistaken here, yeah, here you go. There's your 40% price hike on the uh, F-150 lightning 2022 2022 pricing to 2023 pricing so not only is it msrps going up we've also seen a significant amount of pressure put on the oems to stop making entry-level trims which honda for example came out and they stopped producing their entry-level trims we've used our own car search to try and find le trim camrys and corollas and it's just it's impossible and my sister my dad's daughter recently bought an, a mazda cx5 and the reason her and her husband decided to go with the CX-5 is because they tried to buy a Subaru Outback, but there was only the Onyx trim, I guess is what it's called. Like, it's impossible to find the entry-level ones, and it seems like, it feels like it's a very intentional decision from the automakers to say, not only will we just send the journalists the, the high-spec vehicles, we're just going to give the consumers the option to do it. And I don't know if you guys saw the Bloomberg article, but there was one that came out the other day, and it kind of felt like maybe they were watching some of our videos. <laughs> we're pricing people out from buying cars. That's what it unfortunately feels like. Yeah, I think you guys are onto something. You know, it used to be that the manufacturer would always offer kind of three different 
price price or models, right? There was a, the, the entry level, then there was a fancy one, and then there was the middle one. And the middle one was the one that most people end up buying. But mm. now it seems like, you know, the middle one becomes entry level one, and especially in trucks. So once upon a time, you know, there were maybe one high level version of any given truck. Now there's at least two. Uh, and like I said, so, you know, the, the middle one now has become the entry level one and now there's an expensive one and then there is the uber expensive one. And, and uh, you know, you could blame supply chain, but at the end of the day, um, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird time we're living in. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm confused by it, but, uh, you know, we, we live where we live. So. How about this, guys? We got a thoughtful contribution that came through. I want to pull that up on the screen. And then can we turn our attention towards the TFL origin story? Because I am simply curious to learn. And and I think I, I speak for my dad and I. We have the utmost respect for the, well, I will say it here publicly, the most popular father-son automotive YouTube channel <laughs> in existence. So we, we want to learn your secrets. Before we do, want to uh, pull this up from Habib. Thank you for the contribution. We really appreciate it. And uh, no Roman and Tommy, we do not split these into quarters. So sorry, guys. <laughs> Hello, all. Looking to buy a car as I don't have one. I'm in Denver. Any thoughts on used Toyota RAV4 XLE all-wheel drive 2019 for about 20000 or used Mazda 2019 CX-5 Grand Touring all-wheel drive for about $18,000? Any thoughts? Cash on hand. It's going to be difficult for us to give real concrete advice live on the show. So, Habib, I really encourage you to go back to the website or the community forum. That being said, CX-5s have been better price points than the RAV4 for a while. I actually had a, a member of our community share with us that their RAV4 Carvana was trying to buy it back from them for $41,000. Nearly the original MSRP they had paid for it before they put 11,000 miles on it. So, Pops, I don't know if you have any thoughts for Habib, but I would say look more at the CX-5 and obviously get a pre-purchase inspection. Any any vehicle get a pre-purchase inspection, and and truth be told, I don't think he can go wrong with either one of those vehicles. Um, and chances are he'll he'll overpay slightly more, probably for the Toyota than he would for the Mazda. That's just a guess. I don't know the market in Denver um, as as much as I do here in South Jersey. So, but it's just a guess. I mean, Toyotas typically are more popular than Mazda's. So I would think the market is going to be a little stronger for a used Toyota than it would be for a used Mazda. You guys are out not far from that area. What do you think? I would say anything in Colorado that is all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive carries a significant <laughs> premium. So uh, that's going to cost. So we pay a lot more for those cars than you would say in Florida or even in mm -hmm. California. People move here from California and the first year they're like, hey, we're going to be fine with our Front-wheel drive car with snow tires. And <laughs> year two, they're, they're buying an all-wheel drive car. Well, there you have it. Hopefully, that's helpful, Habib. And obviously, get back in touch with us over on the website. We're here to help. So, Roman, Tommy, can you guys give us a little bit of the origin story? You, you've been doing this for a while now. Would love to learn learn more about how you got started and 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 all that fun stuff. Yeah, so, um, you know, my, my background is in um, journalism. I have my master's degree in broadcast journalism. And once upon a time, I was a TV reporter in Wisconsin. And then kind of my career, I'll skip over the boring stuff, kind of took a left turn. And then I kind of missed writing. So I started a triathlon blog because Colorado is very active. Uh, and then my wife came to me one day and I could get all kind of the free stuff I wanted. You know, I can get bikes, I can get gear. And she said, why don't you go pay the mortgage with that bike? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <"Do> that. 
<laughs> I've been looking at tri bikes recently, Roman, and I know that you you have been in triathlons or maybe you still are. Those things are expensive, man. They you are need expensive. like a 10-year loan on one of those. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. that offline though. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk. yeah, I had a carbon fiber BMC with you know arrow wheels. It was expensive, but you still couldn't take it to the bank. So so I thought, you know, I'd rather be like a tiny fish in a huge pond than a you know, let's say mid-sized fish in a small pond. So I started a car blog. Uh, and when you do that, there's a press fleet in every city, right? So Denver has a press fleet. And if they feel like you've got enough reach and you're a professional enough, they'll lend you cars. So one day they had lent me a Lexus uh, LC. And Tommy, who was like 13 at the time, right? Yeah. Was, was in the car with me. We were going down the highway and the highway. And then there was a stop light. And the car had uh, the cruise control, you know, that, that automatically slows down when the car in front of you slows down. Adaptive cruise control. And I was wondering to myself, I wonder if this Lexus will slow down or, you know, or it'll hit the car in a bloody and uh, <laughs> fiery crash. And Tommy was sitting next to me and we had one of these like really cheap little flip cameras. And I'm like, Tommy, roll on me. So he picked up the camera, he rolled on me. And I just did this video where I said, let's see if it stops. And the car did stop. And I put it up on YouTube and I, I knew how to present because I was a TV reporter. I was a one man band. That's how you start in TV. So I had to shoot and edit myself. Um, so wow. I knew how to edit. Uh, and so put it up there and it like blew up and I'm like, Hey, maybe we should do something. Uh, and luckily, um, I passed along kind of the car gene to Tommy. So he also is fascinated and loves cars. And so basically the very first video we did was the two of us together. He was my videographer. Yeah. Wow. 12 years old in the passenger seat of a Lexus LS holding on to anything I could hoping that thing was going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's, he's kind of, he's kind of grown up with press cars. He's kind of grown up behind and. Um, now in front of the camera, uh, and, um, you know, what I did with TFL, so we have, uh, eight YouTube channels, two websites, two podcasts, and a pretty popular TikTok, uh, outlet as well. And what happened was there was a guy in California, in Southern California, and you may know, you may know the publication Motor Trend or Hot Rod. His name was Peterson. Mm -hmm. And what he did was he figured out that there were all these people in California that loved hot rods, right? Because in California, Southern California, there was mm -hmm. a lot of aerospace people. So they would design rockets and airplanes. And on the weekend, they would build hot rods. So he started a magazine called Hot Rod. Then he thought, you know, I've got all the people and kind of production in place to put out a hot rod magazine. But the people that are reading this, a small percentage or a large percentage, also love new cars. So he started Motor Trend. And then he said, well, you know. A lot of these people also like guns, so we started Peterson's Guns and Ammo. And th that was kind of the, the, the model, you know, for uh, the YouTube channel. So we found that while car guys and gals love cars, a certain percentage of them are also truck guys and gals. So then we thought, let's talk to the truck people as truck people as opposed to as car people. And that's how we kind of built out the, uh, the, the eight channels. And, you know, you can take a look at it now, and they're all very specific to kind of i wouldn't say niche but certainly to like you know people who love outdoors we have tfl off-road people who love evs we have tfl ev so we're trying to talk to them in their language and especially with evs that's become very important wow what a story yeah that, that, yeah now it's it's been an interesting experience because um we have a, a pretty interesting relationship with, with the manufacturers where they do provide us vehicles to test um, but we're very kind of upfront about how we're going to review it in an honest way. Um, and that has served us very well over the years. It's also meant that we've had some pretty rough relationships with certain manufacturers over the years. Um, but as my dad says, if you're not making some of these companies mad, you're probably not doing your job correctly. 
So we've kind of took that yeah. attitude, right? Where, where we're going to say how it is. We're going to um, voice what happens in our tests. And we've shown um, vehicles failing on various tests and um, uh, mechanical issues with, with certain things here and there. And, and you know, if stuff goes wrong, we'll, we'll show what happens. And um, even if that means, you know, we don't get the next newest or greatest car truck first, we feel like it's important to our community that, that we be honest about what happens. And um, that's kind of becoming trickier and trickier, especially in the world of influencers, where we go on these trips and a lot of the people we're going with, whether they're upfront about it or not, are going uh, getting paid directly to say certain things about certain vehicles. Um, mm. and, and that's been kind of one of our cornerstones. So, uh, you know, we don't have the flashiest production values. My dad always likes to say we're a little bit garage band, um, but we do kind of provide folks with real world um, experiences and, and hopefully inform their, their buying decisions. So if, if I hear you correctly, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what I heard you say is you're not you're not necessarily for sale when the manufacturers want to pay you off to say something. Yeah, so uh, so that's it's it's more complicated than that. So you know, a, a, a big corporation like GM or Ford, they have two different arms, right? They have a marketing arm, and then mm -hmm. they have the PR arm. So we tend to be on the PR side, and PR people will not pay you. There's no money that ever exchanges hands. Good. But, you know, what happens is they will fly you to uh, the reveal of the car or to the first drive program. They'll put you up in a very nice hotel. They'll feed you some very nice food uh, and they'll give you access to that car. Now, in a perfect world, obviously, uh, you would not take that hospitality because we're human, right? We're going to be influenced by that. And that is sure. just natural. And they know that and we know that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we can't be transparent about that so people know that, that that's what's happening and we're always transparent about that. But it also means that, you know, just you're not going to buy me by putting me in a nice hotel, right? I'm just sleeping there anyway. And you're not going to buy me or Tommy or any of the team by, by feeding us nice food. And I think the, PR, the best PR people also know that. So for them, it's the opportunity for them to tell their side of the story. Uh, and for us, it's the opportunity to get the cars first, because in journalism, being first is important. So if we were not to go on those programs, then that would really hurt our bottom line, because by the time we actually got a hold of that car, either through our viewers or from a dealership or, you know, some other way, uh, the, the buzz would have kind of worn off and there wouldn't be as many uh, people interested in it, either from a buyer standpoint or from an enthusiast standpoint. So, so you know, we, we, we do go on those first drives, but I think it's important because it's important to our business. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Now, the if other I, thing that we do... Oh, sorry, Zach. Go for it, Tommy, oh, please. No, I was going to say, the other thing that we do, um, which we started doing a number of years ago, is we want to also um, test the vehicles for a longer period than what the manufacturer can provide. So every year we'll go out and we'll buy a number of new trucks and new cars. Um, and we do that in a couple of ways. Like one way we do that is we join just the standard wait list, right? Um, Andre will make a reservation on the new truck. Um, and, 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 you know, when it, when it's our turn in line, we'll purchase it from dealer and then we'll hold on to that trucker car for uh, right around six months or a year. Now the, the challenge for us is we'd love to hold on to it for five or six years to provide like real world reliability data. But after you know, 30, 40,000 miles, or in some cases, five, 10,000 miles of doing videos with the vehicle, our audience gets so burned out um, mm. <laughs> from that world that we move it on to the next one. But uh, it's a great way to, to kind of learn about um, uh, what it's like to live with long term, some of the challenges, um, not only, you know, in the city, which we might experience in a week, but on road trips and in the winter and over several months. Um, and we can really learn a lot of good data that way as well. And so have, have you have I was going to ask, have you been surprised either in a good way or a bad way uh, with any of the vehicles? Did they either live up to 
uh, your expectations, or were you, or were you disappointed? Uh, and I can tell Roman apparently disappointed. <laughs> so, so let's start with let's start with Ford. <laughs> so this, this is actually a good tip for uh, if you want a, the next hot vehicle, right? Which some people do. We're not now. We're not talking about the Camrys or the Mazdas of the world. We're talking about like you know the Lightning or the Raptor R, right? So, for instance, Andre jumped on the waiting list or the order for the Lightning like 20 seconds after the order banks opened. That's how we bought our Ford Lightning. And then we picked it up in Detroit, and that we were able to do because we have a relationship with Ford. So that's something that, that most probably people couldn't do, right? So Exactly. We put our money down, but when it came time to actually pick it up, we said we wanted to drive it from Detroit because we wanted to road trip it. And then we were the first to take it. Uh, to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, which is as far north as you can drive in the U.S. Um, and we put 13,000 miles on it, I think, in like the three months that we had it. And I was certainly surprised by that because we had nothing. I mean, zero zip go wrong with it. 13,000 hard miles because once you get above Fairbanks, it's dirt roads up the Dalton Highway. Um, so that was surprising, just how solid uh, the truck was. And we also learned that it's a little, even though we had the big battery, it's a little, still a little under battery because when you're on the highway doing 75 and it's cold, even though Ford says officially that truck is 320 miles of range, you're more likely going to get like, you know, 280. And then when you put a camper on it and you put bigger off-roady tires, that number goes down. So that was also surprising. That, that's why we do that. Uh, the other one that surprised us uh, was the Hummer EV. <laughs> And we got that one in another way we get cars, and that is a lot of our viewers will order a vehicle, and then they'll say, hey, for whatever reason, we don't want the vehicle anymore. Do you guys want it? And as wow. a thank you to them, we'll say, yeah, we'd love to buy it. We'll take the reservation, and we'll do a shout-out in all the videos we do to a charity of your choice. Um, so with the Hummer EV, we did Dumb Friends League. Uh, the owner wanted us to, to do that, so that's what we did. And then, Tommy, you want to tell them how I was surprised by that? <laughs> or you want me to do it? <laughs> Oh, with the breaking down immediately? Yeah, so we took the bike racing. <laughs> and I was driving it back. <laughs> and, you know, as, a, as an old journalist, right, the rule is always when something happens, you roll cameras, right? So I, I rolled, I didn't have a camera, but I had my phone. And I'm making a double left. And all of a sudden, I get a little warning light that says the steering rack is malfunctioning. And so I'm like, you know, if you watch IT crowd, you're like, well, turn it on and off. See if that solves it. So I hit the button and... I come back and the truck will not come on. It's just dead. I can't go forward. I can't go backward. Uh, I'm pressing the accelerator, won't go into gear. And I'm like, oh boy, this is not good. Now I'm in a double turn lane and people are stacking up behind me and it's starting to rain. It's during rush hour. Uh, and what we figured out eventually, actually Tommy figured out, was the way to reset that truck is you have to open up the front, which is where the 12 volt battery is. The problem is it's electric. So how do you open it up when the truck is completely dead? Tommy figured out that there was a little tiny cable that's hidden underneath the driver's side passenger well. And if you pull on that, it opens up the front. Then you can actually pull the lead off 12 volt. And that's kind of like unplugging your computer <laughs> and you put it back in and the truck wow. came, back, came back to life. And, you know, we filmed all that and we, we, we posted that as well. So I'm sure that's something that, that, you know, GMC was not too happy about, you know, seeing me stuck in traffic with a, halo truck that they just built, you know, with cars piling up behind me and the tow driver scratching his head on how he's going to get this thing. And the thing is, it locks in gear, so you can't push it. It weighs nine and a half thousand pounds. So people came by and they said, hey, we'll push it out of the way or we'll tow it. I'm like, you're not going to move a nine and a half thousand pound truck with it locked in gear. Wow. Yeah. 
That is truly remarkable. Um, we got to go back and watch that video, Pops. That is that is Absolutely. hilarious and also sad. <laughs> but I mean, I'm yeah. glad you rolled the cameras. That's great stuff. And then Absolutely. the last thing I'd like to point out too, and this is right up the, the car edge world, is um, oftentimes if there's a vehicle that, that you know we think would be relevant to a, a large subset of consumers, we'll go out and we'll do what you guys special in, where we'll, like, we'll, we'll go to dealer to dealer to dealer and try to find that vehicle inventory and go through the exact route that a consumer would do. So we recently just bought a Chevy Bolt EV, and that makes a great story too, because we go out just like a consumer would and try to get a Chevy Bolt EV at a price that we think is fair. And that in some ways is um, my favorite way of going out and buying a car because it's really representative of what's happening in the industry. And that turned out to be a pretty painful process and um, was, was pretty eye-opening with, with where um, supply was and with where, um, you know, how a lot of the dealerships we're dealing with were, were functioning. So um, that, that's another way we'll do it. We do that quite often as well. Yeah, I, I spent I spent oh gosh days trying to find both. Uh, so we tried to buy the cheapest uh, truck in America, which is a Ram fifteen hundred two door basically. Uh, and what you would see is so 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 what happened with Ram was uh, they built a new truck, but they kept building the old truck, and they called it the classic. And they said they were going to build it for a year, and this was like twenty nineteen. But they just kept building it. So it's about five thousand dollars cheaper, I think. Is that right, Tommy? That than, than the new version of it. Uh, and so it's, it happens to be the cheapest truck you can buy. And then there's a special version that has, you know, two doors, which is even cheaper. And you go on all these dealers' websites and you'd see one for $30,000 and you'd call them up and they, I, I, it was mind boggling the stuff that they would do. Like I remember calling one of, one of the dealerships up and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm, I wanna, I'm interested in a truck. I want to buy it. Um, and then, you know, it's real, right? Because a lot of them will say it's on their website, but it's, it's on the way to being delivered or, you know, it's ordered. Yeah. But once they actually have a, a Monroney for it, then you know that it's real and there's a, you know, there's a VIN. So I'm like, can you fax me the Monroney? And, and the woman on the other end goes, okay, hold on a second. She walks away and she said, oh, sorry, we just sold it an hour ago. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on, really? But if you, you know, if you don't want that $30,000 truck, we have a $40,000 truck we can sell you. And that happened over and over again. It's, it's really unbelievable. And, and dealerships oh. wonder why consumers don't necessarily think very highly of them well it was it was almost yeah. comedic because we would call on a truck listed in inventory on a website and four times it happened where that truck had sold within the hour within the hour right of saying that it's 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 there in stock Tommy, that's because that's one of the first things sales managers teach salespeople <laughs> say okay. oh my god it just, I can't believe it just sold an hour ago Okay, <laughs> and 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 you and you have to work with them on that, you know, so that you can make sure it sounds believable when they say it. Right. So yes, that's that's part of their training. And it's almost alarming now. Um, you almost need to have such in-depth industry knowledge to confidently buy a new vehicle at a price that is fair. I mean, that is where I think. Bosak and Ray come into play in terms of the value they add. So for example, when we were buying the Chevrolet Bolt, they tried to sell it to us at a MSRP that was correct three months ago, but GM had dropped the price by $5,900. And as a consumer, if you did not know that little piece of knowledge, if you were not constantly on the website <laughs> looking at latest car news, you may have completely glanced over that and ended up buying a car for $5,900 more than what it actually was worth. 
you know, and that, that is not an ADM. That's an actual um, yes. rebate from General Motors that we just happen to know about. But if we yeah. weren't a Zach or a Ray of the world, it would have been like that. And we would have thought we got a good deal. And then we went to sell that car three, four years down the road. We've been, oh, my gosh, I just got, um, you know, a, a lot, lot out of my pocket. It was almost comedic because I, I called the dealership up and I'm like, uh, so you have a bolt. They said yes. And uh, uh, he said, there's only one issue with it, and that's a 2022. And I'm like, I don't care. It's 2022 is fine. This is beginning of this year. They're the same. 2022 and 23 model years have not changed. And the 2023, I think that the version of uh, our car was selling uh, the one LT for like $27,000. And they wanted 33000 for ours because it's a 2022. So it's a year old, and they wanted the original price, not, not the new price. But it, like Tommy hmm. says, if, if if you know if you didn't know that, you probably would have easily walked out of there paying, you know, five thousand dollars over the newer version of the car because you weren't aware that GM dropped the price, uh, and they yeah. weren't going to tell you that information, right? You had to know that. Yeah, they yeah. they they only share what's beneficial to them to share. So. Hey, well, I got to say, guys, this has been fantastic. And I'm going to plant a few seeds, okay? Because <laughs> if my dad wasn't a car sales dealer, he would have been a farmer. And so the seeds that I am going to plant, one, this has been fantastic. You guys being on the it show, you are perpetually invited back. This has been, we've had tons of guests on the show. You guys, this has been really fun. I think it's because we all share a similar dynamic in our, in our relationship. So you guys are always welcome back. And I see tons of comments in the chat. People want you back, as well as Andre. Andre is a big figure here, so get him on the show. Now, the other seed that I'm going to plant is um, when you guys go out to dealers in the future, let us know in advance as you're planning your content, your editorial calendar, because we would love to help you. We, I mean, this is literally day in, day out what we do. I think in December, we ended up helping about 2,000 people buy cars. Last month was a little bit slower, but I mean, literally every month, our team is helping people buy cars. It would be, not only do, do I think we could like legitimately help, um, it would also, I think, be a good eye-opening experience for the community at large. So planting that seed, we can talk about it offline, no, but it would that, be a, a privilege that, and an honor. That, that is done because I definitely don't need to spend my time you know, arguing <laughs> with, <laughs> about the fact that this truck was an hour ago. I, I just was, closed the deal, Dad. I just closed the deal. Aren't you proud of me? I, I, I am so damn proud of you, Zach. You are. Thank you. And I will have yeah. to document that as well and show the difference uh, because- <laughs> Obviously, that is a frustration that everybody out there is feeling right now, uh, especially with you know the, the, the current upside down market. Yeah, yeah that that definitely. that seed has turned into a plant already, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> that was some fast farming there, my dude. Yeah, yeah we're almost ready <laughs> to harvest. <laughs> hey, well, well, Tommy, Roman, uh, thank you both for being here so much. Again, if you're unfamiliar with TFL, uh, click on the top link in the description here on the video. It'll take you to the YouTube search for TFL. As Roman mentioned earlier, they also have two websites. So Google TFL, you'll find their websites there as well. Uh, Pop's parting shot can come from you, but Roman, Mike, my, uh, excuse me, Roman and Tommy, my sincere uh, thanks and appreciation for you guys being here. But Pops, send us home, please. Thank you both. This has been um, a real joy and an absolute pleasure. And it just it just helps to cement, I think, the relationship that Zach and I have, seeing the relationship that Roman and Tommy have. It's just really been a wonderful experience. We can't thank you enough. And with that, we will be back here again tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, with more news that you can use from Courage. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll see you back here again tomorrow.
Have a great one, guys. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Thank <laughs> you.